They say that age is a state of mind, and that's true. But it's also true that every day you get a little bit older, and sooner or later you'll need to know about Medicare, Social Security, retirement, finances, technology, and well, everything. That's why I'm here. Welcome to Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. Only fifty dollars. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. In this episode, we're going to talk about being Medicareful. We'll look at parts A, B, C, and D, and sometimes why. We'll try to answer the questions that you might have, and we will give you resources to find out even more answers. So, If you are ready and you have your pencil and paper all set to go, here are some of the things that you need to know about Medicare. If you are turning 65 in the next few months, if you have just turned 65, if you have not signed up for Medicare yet, please take note of these dates. The Medicare annual enrollment period is coming up. It is October 15th through December 7th. If you happen to miss that enrollment period, there will be another enrollment period, general enrollment, from January 1st to March 31st. So if you enroll between October 15th and December 7th, your coverage begins January 1st of 2024. If you do the general enrollment period January 1st through March 31st, your coverage will begin the month following your enrollment. So if you enroll in February, your coverage begins in March. If you enroll in March, it's April, and so on and so forth. If you do not enroll by March 31st, you need to wait until the following October 15th to enroll again. So let's talk a little bit about the history of Medicare. Uh, it seems like it's always been with us, especially if you're younger, I guess, right? But the fact is Medicare has only been around since 1965. President Lyndon Johnson traveled to the Truman Library in Independence, Missouri, and signed Medicare into law. His uh, His gesture drew attention to the 20 years it had taken Congress to enact government health insurance for senior citizens after President Truman had proposed it. Broken down, what the Medicare program is, is it provides health coverage and increased financial security for older Americans who were not well served in an insurance market characterized by employment-linked group coverage. So a lot of Medicare, it was the first step towards eventually achieving health care coverage for all. It has remained stable for the most part through the years. And even though there's always talk about raising this or cutting that, it still seems to uh, be staying rather healthy. At the time of Medicare's uh, enactment, insurance for hospital stays was typically the primary insurance benefit provided by employers. So back in the day, unlike now, what you worried about was being hospitalized. That was going to cause the most financial stress to you and your family. Medicines, doctor visits, not so much. Pretty affordable, actually. But that has changed over time since Big Pharma took over our country. And now uh, needing something as simple as insulin, although you know, the president is actually taking care of that, or other medicines can now break the bank and, and you know, the topper on that is going to the hospital. In the second part of today's episode, I'm going to talk about what it costs to go to the emergency room, actual costs based on my personal experience recently. 
So what they were looking to take care of back then was if you went to the hospital and you were a senior, you needed to have it paid for. You needed help paying for it. So that is what's called, let's now talk about parts A, B, C, D, the, the alphabet of Medicare, shall we? Part A is what you have been paying into all these years. So that part of your paycheck that has been taken away is now when you begin to recoup what you put in. Part A, think of it as hospital insurance. It helps cover inpatient care in hospitals, a skilled nursing facility care, hospice care, and home health care. It's not as simple as all that. And I'm going to tell you, you need to look into more, and we just don't have time to go into every little aspect about Medicare. And it would become far too confusing. It's going to be confusing as it is. So part A is what you need to sign up for when you turn 65. As a matter of fact, you have to sign up for it when you turn 65. So part A is free. You don't, you don't pay anything for part A. Does it mean does it cost you anything when you go into the hospital? You're still going to be responsible for some costs, but you don't have to pay for the insurance coverage part of it all. All right? So that's Part A. Now, you might have heard of Medicare Part B. Medicare Part B is the medical insurance part. So after a while, people realized that Medicare was great, but it didn't pay for your doctor visits. It didn't pay for prescriptions. It didn't pay for the lab tests, the x-rays. It only paid if you went into the hospital and some emergency care. So Part B was brought into the picture, and this helps cover service from doctors and other healthcare providers, outpatient care, home health care, durable medical equipment like wheelchairs, walkers, hospital beds, other equipment, and many preventive services such as screening shots, vaccines, wellness visits, and things like that. It also covers, you know, the blood tests and the x-rays. It, it's not free, though. This is the part you pay for. And here's where I'm going to say, if you're still working and you're turning 65 and you have health care coverage from your employer and you're paying, I don't know, $25 or $80 a month or $100, even $125 a month, uh, stick with that. You don't have to switch over to Part B simply because you turn 65. You do have to take Part A, but Part B you don't have to take yet. Okay, if you have coverage through an employer or through your spouse's employer. And you should stick with that because if for some reason you suddenly are off of, you don't have to wait for the enrollment period. You can go ahead and enroll once coverage ends or right before it ends if you're covered right now by an employer. And you're, you're going to be better off staying with the insurance that you have. And here's the reason why. Right now in 2023, the cost for Medicare Part B is $164.90. Everything that we're hearing is saying that that's going to go up in 2024, probably about $10. So let's round it off at $174. That's a lot more than the $80 or $100 or $125 right now that you're paying. So Medicare costs for Part B are not stable. It's not one price throughout the year. It's just like any other insurance you get. changes year to year to year. So that's what Part B is. It is going to cost you. And it is services provided by private insurers. So Humana, Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, Aetna, Cigna, whoever it might be. So you're going to have a bunch of plans you're going to have to look at and you're going to have to think about. What we haven't covered yet are prescription costs. 
So right now you have part A, you have part B, but your prescriptions aren't being covered yet. Part D is drug coverage. It helps cover the cost of prescription drugs, including many recommended shots or vaccines. These, this coverage is also run by private insurance companies. And it costs, the cost is in addition to the 164.90 that you would pay right now, 174 in 2024. And it's probably going to be anywhere in the range from $50 to $250, depending on the plan. But there's hope. Don't panic yet. Because Part C, I know we're working backwards in the alphabet here, Part C, in effect, bundles Part A, Part B, and Part D. And generally, there's no cost for it. So you're still going to pay the Part B cost, but you're not going to pay like $200 a month for your prescription coverage or anything like that. All right? So that's Part A, Part B, Part C, Part D. So again, Part A, hospital insurance. Part B, medical insurance. Part D, drug coverage. Part C, bundles everything together. But there's a lot more you have to know. So I'm going to give you some information here of where you should be looking for more answers. I would strongly suggest that if you have the ability to and you can understand it all, visit Medicare.gov and start looking there. They have, you'll put in your zip code and they can show you the plans that will be coming up for Part B insurance, and you can look at what works for you, what doesn't. Do you want a PPO? Do you want HMO? Is your doctor in there? You know, all of that's going to matter. If you are still a little confused about that, I would strongly suggest you go to your local area agency on aging for your city or your county or your area of the state. And remember, it might not be called area agency on aging right where you are. It might be called Aging Alliance. It might be called Senior Benefits. You know, I'm not sure. Go to your state website if you're not sure what it is, or, you know, you can, you can check online to find out. But think Area Agency on Aging. I'm sure if you Google that, you'll find the answer to what it is for you nearby. They, all of them have a uh, Medicare department that talks you through the whole process. And there is, it's a great resource because they don't have a dog in this fight. They're not trying to sell you a plan. They're just, they're going to take your information. They're going to give you an option of three plans, which one is going to work best for you. You make the decision and then you go out and contact the people. They're not there to sell you anything at all. They're just there to help you. What a great resource that is. And that is how you can become Medicareful in these days. And I'm going to give you one more time. Let me just find it here. The dates that you need to be aware, October 15th through December 7th, 2023. That is the Medicare annual enrollment. And the general enrollment period will be January 1st through March 31st of 2024. If you have any questions, please feel free to write to me. If I don't know the answer, I will find out for you at billmonte 4 at gmail.com. And if you'd like to share your story or if you think I've got something wrong or you can clarify something I've said, please go ahead and drop me a line. I would love to hear from you. We're going to take a quick bake. Quick bake. You can tell I'm hungry. It's dinner time. Take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what it really costs to go to the emergency room. You better be sitting down for this one, folks. We'll see you on the flip side. Hi, Bill Monty here, asking you to please remember to let us know what you think about what's happening with the program at billmonty 4 at gmail.com or by joining us on the Facebook page, Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. 
It's a behind-the-scenes peek at what's going on, and I'd like you to share your thoughts about what's happening. What would you like to see or hear more of or less of in our programs? We'll see if we can accommodate. We'd appreciate you listening, and we will see you on the flip side. All right, welcome back, friends. And we have a couple of things here, then we're going to wrap up the show. One, please uh, take a moment, and if you're listening on your computer or device, be sure to go to our poll. We have a poll every single episode, and we'd love to get your opinion. And also, there's a spot where you can just tell us what you like or don't like about the show. And of course, like we just mentioned in the previous spot, uh, you can write to me at billmonte04 gmail.com or join us on our Facebook page. I had mentioned last time we spoke that I had visited the emergency room. And since we're talking about Medicare and health items this episode, I thought I would update you on something because my mind was blown when I received the bill for the emergency room visit. So as a recap, went in, I was in chest pains, trouble breathing, wanted to rule out heart attack, obviously. Arrived at the emergency room probably around 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning, left there around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So we're talking, what, four, four and a half hours. I was probably total time in the emergency room. The cost for that, $8,515. $8,515. Now, yes, a lot of it covered by insurance. So I'm not paying that much money. But the person who doesn't have insurance is paying that much money unless they can negotiate something. And I just, well, I, look, I, I know it, it costs a lot to run an emergency room and a hospital and all that other sort of stuff. But come on, folks, to walk in to the emergency room, just to walk in and have them take down my name, my phone number, and, and my medical information, all that kind of stuff, $2,038 just to walk in. Lab work. This one astounded me. And as I mentioned when I spoke about this before, I had just had lab work done. I had been at the doctors just a few days before. And I know they, they wanted to rule out heart attack. They had to run special tests and enzymes and all that kind of stuff to see what my heart was doing. But the lab work was $5,197. And that was for like five tests, five blood tests. The kicker was that they charge you $50 for the venipuncture, which is the really fancy way of saying uh, when they put the needle in your arm, take out the blood. So they can't do the test without doing that. This is, if you stayed in the hospital, this is like if you were, they were going to take you to x-ray for an x-ray and they put you in the wheelchair and then when you got the bill, they charged you $50 for the trip in the wheelchair. You couldn't have gotten the x-ray if they didn't come get you and put you in the wheelchair. They couldn't have taken the blood if they didn't put a needle in my arm and draw the blood. And by the way, the first person who tried was terrible at it, couldn't get any blood. And they had to actually have a, uh, uh, a medic from an ambulance come in and do it. Now, my veins aren't that hard to find. I have blood drawn every three months. Uh, they're not as good as they used to be when I was younger, but they're, you know, sort of not that bad. So $50. Radiology, so taking the chest x-ray that I did need. Again, I had the results from a chest x-ray I just had five days previously on my phone to show them they insisted to have it. So that was $778. I honestly thought... The, the radiology bill will be much higher than the lab. And an EKG, which took about 30 seconds, was $502. 
there's something very wrong in this country when walking into the emergency room for four and a half hours costs eight thousand five hundred and fifteen dollars. And if there had been more tests, uh, how much would it have been if I'd had a CAT scan or an MRI, which they were suggesting? At that point, I was like, no, 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 get me out of here. Could have been another $8,000, $16,000 to spend part of your Sunday in an emergency room. That's criminal. I'm sorry. I know it costs a lot, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be paid, but they should be paid fairly. And again, it shouldn't bankrupt the average American. There are people who just refuse to go to the emergency room, even with insurance, because they know the cost. That's not the way it should be. We can do better. We, we have to do better. And, and I, I just keep waiting for someone, somewhere, to figure out how to help Americans live the life that we should be living. So we're going to wrap it up this week. Uh, this is our look at healthcare. Uh, as a wrap up, please remember, if you are turning 65 or you're going to be uh, doing Medicare, please reach out to your area agency on aging, speak with someone in their Medicare department, or go to www.medicare.gov. And if you're lucky enough to have a great insurance person or broker, uh, they can recommend someone to walk you and talk you through all of this. You should do that. Don't try to tackle this alone, especially if it's your first time. It is way too confusing. There was stuff that I never, I didn't even talk about. You know, I made a joke uh, in one of the first shows where I said, that we're going to be talking about Medicare parts A, B, C, D, and sometimes Y. Well, there's a part F, there's a part K, there's a part L. We didn't even get into that stuff. It's all Medigap coverage stuff. So there's a lot more. Uh, there's a book that you can get or you can you can download it online that gives you a lot more information than what I talked about. I use that for reference today. And also it, it lays out all the different companies in your area, uh, searches by zip code, and what plans they offer and how much each plan will cover and what the cost will be to you. There's a lot of research that needs to be done. This isn't like going trying to decide, you know, what, what can of green beans to buy at the store. A lot of work to be done. So my friends, uh, we're going to leave you to do that work. We're going to take off until the next episode. Remember, be kind. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And we'll see you on the flip side. Bye, bye, bye.